0: Welcome to Into the Paint. I'm your host, Anthony Tino. This is a very special episode where I was able to interview someone outside of my normal studio environment. Seems to be a theme of the last couple episodes, but I just got back from a great trip to Mexico City, a city that I had never been to before and was able to catch up with an artist who I've actually worked with many times. Manu Prinster. I met Manu Prinster in 2013 when he was exhibiting with several other printmakers from Mexico City, and um, he was at the Affordable Art Fair. I was working for Recession Art at the time and being print nerds. We kind of uh, became friends during the show and, um, or during the fair, and then I brought some of his work back to the gallery that I was working with at that time, and kind of we continued this this kind of art, uh, long-distance relationship, you could call it, Um, and Manu um, contributed some artworks to my next project, which was Endless Editions, and it was actually so nice to hear in this interview how some of those early works kind of snowballed for him and allowed him um, kind of access to other fairs and exhibiting opportunities and led to some of his work being collected but I've always really admired just how prolific Manu Prinster is Um, Manu Prinster is the art name of Abraham Mascoro Morales and for the longest time, it seemed like he had another lino cut print posted to social media every day. I loved the fact that his work was really accessible and that has sort of led to now him working with um, children in his uh, day job. He's also working with people with Down syndrome um, in creating printmaking And I think he's thinking in the future, too, about how to continue that um, process of education with younger people, um, coming from a place of being inspired by fan art, um, being unabashedly a fan of anime, being unabashedly a fan of the images that are created through sports culture. Obviously... Um, Manu was in the uh, sports zine that I worked on with Endless Editions in the second uh, issue, which was published in 2015. So it was really nice to catch up with Manu to hear a little bit about what he's been up to in the past couple years with his new press, OMG Press. He's now married. He now has a child. He's thinking about fatherhood. He's thinking about how fatherhood and being a teacher overlap in certain ways. And you'll hear in this interview, it's different than my usual where we're sort of seated in my studio and we have kind of quiet background. We actually took a little bit of a detour through a neighborhood of Mexico City. And we started at a little market in the neighborhood that I was staying in. Had some pretty delicious fish tacos and this kind of uh, seafood soup. Um, And then uh, the interview starts as we're kind of wandering around trying to find a place to have a coffee. We wind up finding um, a corner coffee and donut shop and you'll sort of hear me eating away in the interview but i liked being able to take the the podcast out of the kind of cube right um and ca- kind of like bring it on the go and i think this like little task cam recorder is kind of changing my game a little bit as the year is coming to an end I'm thinking about all the people who have helped me produce this podcast or to listen to me daydream about this podcast for months. I want to give a big shout out to Harry Bix, who produced the iconic theme song of this podcast that is now ubiquitous with Into the Paint. But I also want to acknowledge as the year ends, the difficult times that we're in, how distressing it has been to watch the outbreak of violence in Israel and Gaza. And I think the death count is now over 20,000 people in Gaza. It has been absolutely devastating. You know, last week there, were, there were, was a huge show of solidarity in global cities with Jewish organizations who were just looking at the values of Hanukkah and overcoming oppression to show their solidarity with Palestinians. And I think this topic has seemed really fraught, especially in the art world and cultural industries to talk about people's exhibitions are being canceled left and right for them coming out to simply show humanity for Palestinians. And of course, this isn't right. Recently, we had a chat with Chris Neofitu on this show, and we talked about the work of Nawan Jaff and how his work earlier this year went to supporting earthquake relief in Turkey via a organization called Humanitet. And Into the Paint has put Humanitet's Palestine Emergency Appeal fundraiser in our profile, and I will be talking about that here and there in subsequent episodes. If you feel compelled to contribute in some way through donation, Humanitet is a great organization to contribute to they are on the ground in Egypt getting medical aid into Gaza so do consider a donation to them their link is in the show notes of this episode and on the podcast instagram page so this episode is going to sound a little different again was not recorded in the studio you will hear Manu and myself walking around Mexico City. You will hear traffic. You will hear people chatting on the streets. That's what you get in Mexico City. Mexico City is a a noisy, bustling metropolis of over 20 million people. It's incredible. So I kind of want to bring you along on this afternoon that I had with Manu Prinster. So let's check it out. Here's my conversation with Manu. Mexico City. Let's go.
1: the artist alley it's full with Rizzo it's super crazy oh wow like,
0: there's like a Rizzo yeah. You know, like Rizzo like wasn't really a thing I mean when we like were doing it 10 ago, years ago
1: it was like oh that you're fucking messy prince I think it's great <laughs> so, that
0: everyone's doing Rizo now right? and
1: the thing is here in Mexico it's really 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 affordable
0: yeah because for a while it was only like Gato Negro yeah right yeah, basically yeah he was yeah. the
1: one that had uh, a machine and then there was this place called Hot Dog. They were like the two main, uh, like the frontliners for the Rizzo game yeah, yeah, in Mexico. Yeah. But now there's this place called Sara that they are my friends. Oh, I
0: thought do- it was a girl called Sara, but yeah, no. no, it's it's a collective. They're oh, okay, two brothers. Cool. Oh wow. Well.
1: Um, a man and a, and a girl. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, she is a psychologist, but she get into doing all uh, like cardboard stuff for weddings and for corporation and design uh, and stuff, okay. and his brother its a designer, so basically they took the input on doing Rizzo, like, four designers who don't know yeah. how to illustrate, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that changed everything. There's a
0: huge market for that, though. A lot of designers want to see their shit in Rizzo. Yeah. Even, like, big brands.
1: Are going back to yeah. Rizzo, yeah.
0: When PJ and I were doing Endless Editions, like, ten years ago, there was a moment when... Um, a huge magazine asked us to do a Rizzo print as like an award that they were going to frame for someone and it was like they fucking want a Rizzo print yeah, it's like, like why <laughs> Yeah, but it's just because someone who works in the design department there went to an art school that had a rizzo and they thought it was cool.
1: And the thing is that now for for an artist or for an illustrator like a regular one like do you don't need to be super famous and super known? You can do your stuff in Rizzo buy it a uh, very affordable cost yeah and you can sell those prints and take a profit of 300 sure. yeah it's a lot
0: so do you still design in lino but yeah. then print it riso yeah okay cool
1: yeah and the thing is now I do all my uh, sketches on my iPad Ah, okay and then I just decide like whenever I want like high contrast I keep doing it in Lino code yeah but at some point I want like more sketchy more speedy stuff and it's like oh now I know that I can do stuff with thedri that's you know? amazing yeah and then I started to blend the two things like have some things printed with britle and then I print over some liner code. yeah and I also get a plotter like a vinyl cutter oh amazing so sometimes I' have like cut some stuff in vinyl and I like try to play with different textures you know like having made inks over shiny inks over mm glossy stuff yeah. with uh, very handmade papers. So at some point uh, when you see the artwork it's not like just a very...
0: It's full depth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And the thing is people start to notice it. My know?
0: printmaking professor, the printmaking professor that PJ and I both had, he's Uruguayan. His name is Rimer Cardillo. Uh-huh. Um, the name is Italian so it's not pronounced Cardillo. But his whole thing was um, wood, like wood cut on silkscreen. Wow. And in a way, lino cut on Rizzo yeah, is kind of, kind of the same, the same thing, yeah. you know. But Reamer was very like, he didn't do any additions. He was like one piece and that was it. They were like basically and his paintings.
1: And now I'm doing that stuff, yeah. you know. Like I think that since I've been doing this for the past 16 years, at some point I was like, okay, I want to do like new stuff but I also keep like doing my whole like I don't know like I call it in Mexico like my constellation sort of iconic space you know sure yeah 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 it's it's everything that uh, has meaning to me and it has to deal with sports with anime, now I'm a father, Uh, Mm. I'm Mexican. Sure. All those anime has a
0: huge significance I think to our generation in Mexico. Really? Yeah.
1: And and probably to many artists. Like if you you see the artists that are in their mid-30s, early 30s.
2: Yeah. Everyone's doing like Dragon Ball stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And it's kind of weird because when I was young at the art school, I always wanted to hide my art from my past, you know, like yeah. I used to play uh, football, I used to like, like NFL, like US football, you know? Okay, like yeah. Not soccer, no.
0: Like American football, yeah. yeah, yeah. American
1: yeah. football. And it was great for me, and, and for me that bring a lot of light, because when we do all those things together, with endless, yeah. for me it was like, you see, there's someone
0: in <laughs> the US that gets, the, gets yeah, what yeah, I'm doing. Deportes. You know? I think yeah. you had issue number two. It was issue number two, and then there was the Copa Mundial yeah, Especialcito. Sort of, yeah. yeah, that was amazing.
1: And then, uh, because we did that thing together, yeah. I apply for another stuff here, and I get a grant, and then I get like... Oh, fantastic. Like, many stuff happened after we met at the Affordable Art. Oh, that's art. so good. Because the funny thing was that at Affordable Art, I didn't sell any of my prints. Right, piece, I know. And yes. it was like... I don't
0: think we sold many of those prints yeah. at, Re- <laughs> at Recession Art, yeah. even yeah. though they were... I was like, these are amazing! Yeah, I know. I think we maybe sold one or two. I still have a lot of them. They're all still framed. At some point, I'll, dri- I'll drive them down. One day, we'll do something, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know?
1: Like a retrospective. Yeah,
0: so. and I still have... Um, I think it was Manu Leon, Sin Limite Di Tiempo. Ah, that's mine. Oh, that was yours? That okay. We did it together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a... Um, Like Like a a step yeah. Yeah. um, Should we find a cafecito? Yeah, no, I didn't even
1: look for it. Now you get related with people from Asia and you've never been in Asia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like you just need to do a hashtag and at some point someone in uh, Indonesia will start following that trend and at some point you are like, doing the thing together sure. and you don't even know each
0: other. Like, do you connect to more people who are like in in places like Indonesia or yeah, Asia um, because it's like outside of that like Western European white artist context. I, I don't know. I
1: think it's hard because uh, I will say that yeah, you can do it. Yeah. But at the same time you got this fucking algorithm thing shooting and messing with you. Yeah, yeah. So, it's gonna always like redirect it's us gonna to fuck the U.S. You up. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like it's like, oh uh, yeah, you want to do that? No, I don't think so.
0: Why don't you go to yeah, oh, L.A. I have a visa It's like, why didn't you go to SVA? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I, but at the same time, it's like when you start to do these things that you post your stuff and you start to connect with other audiences or oh, other artists. I believe that at some point, uh, it happened with me, to me with anime, you know? Yeah. Like I started to do more anime stuff, and then I started to meet illustrators from Bogota, illustrators from Chile, people in Argentina doing anime stuff. Yeah. Because we were starting to follow the trend of, for instance, Pokemon fan
0: arc. Sure, yeah.
1: And then you start watching that since the algorithm. Tries to pair you with people that speak your language, yeah. Or do your stuff. It's like they are curating the Latin American Pokemon fan art, you know. Yeah. And then you start doing other stuff. Like there are many artists that are uh, reimagining or or making a statement about the old uh, Hokusai prints or Hiroshige prints. Sure. Yeah and that's huge cause I
0: remember Manu Leon was really into the Hokusai yeah. stuff yeah
1: it's like we all are you know because we're printmakers at some sure. point it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. we want to do Hokusai stuff
0: <laughs> of course yeah
1: like bring a wave to us you know yeah. and that kind of stuff
0: but you know I think it's like it's, it's more than the algorithm that like like to me it makes more like I see more similarities in like Japanese artists and Mexican artists than I see with, like, Mexican artists in, like, the United States sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. Because the thing is, I- if you take a look at our ancient cultures, yeah, they had a lot of resemblance. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. I was thinking that today because I went to the Museo Nacional. De
1: antropología, no? Sí. Si, yeah. uh, Beautiful
2: place.
0: Like, just the masks and some of the textiles mm-hmm. and the stonework, it felt very... Uh, it felt very like Shinto yeah. at certain points in time I mean even though like stylistically not really Yeah. but like there's, I was thinking at some point like this is actually very Shinto um, you know what I, d- I had never seen before because I've seen like Aztec art, Incan art but the Oaxacas? Oh,
1: that's crazy, holy that's shit crazy. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: that stuff is like
1: yeah that stuff is made on its own and it's like, n- like I will only compare that sort of uh, exquisite taste for uh, representation, craft making, and yeah, powerful images with probably the Bali culture, you know, mm. like Indonesia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those sort of stuff. It's like you can maybe resemble this to that. Or maybe with some...
0: It's very high spiritual, like...
2: It's crazy, cause
0: Yeah.
1: And once you start, like, doing a little more research into it, everything had a meaning, you know? Like, it was not just for... Like, they were not making those textiles just for making textiles. They were... Everything was highly curated. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, the ancient uh, Latin American worlds... Used to really curate their their environment, you know. Like, mm. like for sure. me, it's more it's more design than art.
0: Yeah, know? yeah, yeah.
1: And it's a big problem because when you go to art school, they teach you that oh, prehispanic art, or ancient Mexican art.
0: Yeah.
1: And at some point, I'm like, no, dude, these vessels used to suit a purpose.
0: Sure. That's yeah, 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 right. But Actually, the Oaxaca stuff had a lot of vessels and. Yeah, like.
1: And it had they they serve purpose.
0: Yeah, it seemed like like, yeah. Like the
1: whole technique thing about design, right? Yeah, yeah. Like serving a purpose. Right. But the thing is, since we created the concept of art in the 19th century, right? It's like now everything is art, and it's like, what about design?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, even if you think about kind of like art you know when i was In, uh, so two very cool things happened to me at the museum today Well, one was a cool thing and one was just a thought that i had <laughs> but so i'm looking at like the fucking aztec calendar oh, yeah. like i was like that's something right I was like holy because you fuck. have seen
1: it many many times
0: yeah you've seen it printed it's on everyone's Every taco place in Bushwick Uh, has it on the menu. I like to see, or like, but to see it, and be like this, it was like such a powerful moment. And then this guy asked me to take a photo of him uh, in front of it, and he was speaking to me in Spanish, so I couldn't understand everything. But what what I took from what he said was that he was Apache, Oh, wow. And he said something that I think was sort of like from Alaska to Mexico were brothers and sisters kind of yeah. thing. And this is a very important moment for me. It's great. I mean, and for me to be able to like realize that. Yeah. And to be there and take his photo and have that conversation in that moment was also incredibly, that was some powerful shit. Um, but then there was that one point, too, where I and was, it was just very like...
1: very funny, because uh, if you take a look at the Mayan art mm. in the museum, yeah. it has tons of resemblance to Chinese art, you Yes, know? yeah. And that's, for me, I mean, I don't have a way to prove it, yeah. but I've heard many stories, and I don't think that they haven't been connected, you know?
0: Yeah, well...
1: Even in the calligraphy style of it. Yeah, I
0: don't think they had culturally been connected for centuries and, you know, centuries. No, but, but Have you done any of the printed matter fairs before? Like the New York Artbook Fair? No,
1: I, I, I'm super uh, excited about doing it maybe uh, for 2024. Okay. But I've never been selected. I have applied oh, like okay. four, four so times. this is the
0: first time you were selected? Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And it was crazy because... We applied and we didn't get in, and then, uh, like, three like two months before the fair. Yeah. Someone from the fair uh, sent a mail to us, and they said, like, you know what? Uh, we got some spots canceled, and you were. Um, you like did
0: shortlisted or something. We
1: were shortlisted, but then someone put a word for us, but I haven't to this day who and they they tell these people from the organizers mm-hmm. that they should approach to us because we will probably say yes and go and they treat us so well like it was they're very nice people
0: yeah that's great so how did it go
1: great like uh. even uh, taking my daughter and my wife and we went to the um the uh, outlets and do some shopping. Amazing.
2: All
1: that's up. I still came back with a lot of money.
0: But OMG Press, how long has OMG Press been going now?
1: Uh, it's been going for. 19, 20, 20, 20, It's five years now. Damn. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny because this is the fifth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's the first time we get into the Printed Matter Artbook Fair. Yeah. So for my wife and I, it was like, oh, it really felt like we were going places, you know? We've arrived. Like, when we used to do, do the uh, booking album book Fair, that thing opened us a whole world of new Looks contacts like, yeah, and possibilities and stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I met uh, Paul Moreno from yeah. the Queer Sign Fest. Mm. And I've been doing that thing since yeah, 1920, that's right. nine, uh, 19...
0: That's cool that you did that fair, the 19, aha. Uh-huh.
1: Like, uh, yeah, 2019 was the first. Then in 2020, it was uh, virtual, and I made the logo for it. Oh, cool. And then on 21, uh, they didn't do it. And then on 22, they do it again, and I went there. Mm. And I just recently been there in October.
0: Do you work with queer artists at all, with RMG Press? Yeah, a lot of queer artists. Like
1: at some point, we started to uh, engage with those artists that didn't necessarily have that voice, you know, like that representation within Mexico and New York, because at some point we were starting to get into Mexicans that now are living in the U.S., like my friend Carolina and Paco.
0: Yes, right.
1: Uh, Paco has become a full-time artist like he quit his uh, designing job so we started engaging and promoting him as our like top artist in New York Yeah. so you know at some point
2: uh,
1: I was able to sell uh, the ONG Press idea in Mexico like oh we're a publisher from Brooklyn and Tlalpan mm-hmm. you know so we kind of uh, like in a joke like a personal joke between yeah. the two of us it was like we're not in the U.S. and Mexico. It's like, your community is Brooklyn, my community is Tlalpan. Let's make it a Brooklyn Tlalpan-based
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, weird mixed uh, editing project that ranges from art books to contemporary art uh, sort of stuff, or yeah. maybe art production, uh, printmaking, uh, illustration, mm-hmm. uh, limited edition, or. Uh, garments or some sort of promotion because at some point we started also to work with grants in mexico yeah so we started to attend to concert festivals doing oh, cool. stuff for uh telephone grants you know or for uh, that's probably
0: good well-funded yeah, yeah so right.
1: at some point uh, we started to be in a spot where we were able to help other artists yeah, yeah. Like what we always do is like, I pay for the edition of the art book or the signs. Yeah. We give the half of it for the author, and the half that we remain, we also sell it. And once we sell it, we get half of the profit sure. back to the artist.
2: Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So at
1: some point, the artist gets fifty percent of the production, but they also get profit once we se-
0: sell them. Okay. You know? Wow. So, it's a very generous model.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, we don't live from OMG Press. That's right, what gives right. us the freedom to actually be in that reasonable, you know. Because
0: so OMG Press is sort of separate to your the your day job work, which yeah. is but which is still like art in related. Art, yeah. And but do you think they kind of influence each other? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like
1: at some point, uh, I'm working uh, from. 8 till 3 p.m. with people with Down syndrome teaching printmaking Mm -hmm. for five years now. So I think that the the two projects started like at the same moment because I didn't have a job. So I started these two things like, okay, let's try to pursue this thing. Yeah. Because uh, I used to uh, aspire to only be a printmaker. But now since I had this steady job and my wife, it's a financial assistant, financial analyst. So yeah yeah so basically he she just ran the model for us for ONG press okay so, so she's she was yeah she's on the it. one that said like okay you know what
2: yeah.
1: we're not gonna lead from this yeah but we can make this thing actually works on its own yeah. so we can uh, so we can stop losing money and this thing can work on its just own make it sustainable yeah. and that, yeah. that's pretty amazing you know like i think
0: if you can get to the point where we make a uh, platform sustainable you've succeeded in our world
1: and at some point we forget about it you know like you skip that thing or that idea that we don't need to get rich we don't need to get so famous it's like make something that's good enough to live on its own yeah that doesn't take you money or time or energy and that thing is going to work
0: yeah 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 absolutely
1: and then we started doing this uh art fair in Mexico that's called Sonamaco. Yes,
0: I know about Zona Marco.
1: It was very funny because I went into or I was able to enter into Sonamaco Marco editions uh, section because in 2019 I helped uh, and I met in person PJ. Oh, no way. And that was he, the first time you guys met in person. It, and it was uh, his first time in Mexico. Yeah. So basically I was like he met Leon from Gato Negro. Sure. And we were friends like for male, you know, like as I was with you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hi, brother, what, what's up? This illustration, sports, yeah. Long whatever. Long distance art yeah. relationship. And at some point, uh, we met at a fair, and he was like, OK, you know what? Next, because that time he was so crazy, because he came for three, for three weekends, and he had three different art fairs. Mm in three weekends. I
0: don't think I remember that was with he was just tabling for Black or showing stuff for Blackburn, right?
1: Uh, and No, no, no. It was sold Endless Edition. Oh, okay. So it was super crazy because uh, we met at this uh, like random uh, well, not random. It was like a very small fair that uh, Leon used to curate. It was called Replica. Mm. It was full of s- sinisters and art books from Mexico. And it was the, like the first moment when Actually, Mexico City started to spark this resale industry. Like okay, yeah. Sara was there for the first time. Uh, it was uh, full of the well-known uh, print uh, print shops from Mexico, yeah. like Hot Dog or Cater uh, Invertido, I guess. I mean, all the...
0: But, yeah, Mexico definitely, ha- or, like, Latin America has, like, a, a incredible history of printmaking, yeah. right? Um, so I, I could see it being like those fairs being really important, like maybe why, like, yeah, it was crazy like because uh,
1: uh, be I didn't realize it because I was like, no, you know what? I got to establish a print shop, do liner cuts and woodcuts, yeah, and yeah, try yeah. to pursue living uh, out of doing I don't know, illustrations for others or commission works or whatever. And then when I met PJ over there and my other friends doing books, I was like, okay, wait a minute. I could actually do prints or do books with liner cut or with mm, traditional printmaking. Because right. and for some reason I didn't realize that until so I was actually that far.
0: Do you think it's because like the way printmaking is taught in, um, in like art school, like they teach you like how to edition? Yeah. Thinking about like the singular print that's signed and numbered. Mm-hmm. but not really going beyond that to thinking about, like, handmade books, things like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Because okay. I think I was the same way, like, when I was doing printmaking in my undergrad, I don't think I really had books in, um, like in on the coast, mind. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I still was thinking, like, you know, I had uh, inspiration from uh, comics, and there was a lot of, like, book format things that had, um, influenced me but never properly
1: books right
0: I never made books when I was an undergrad
1: and then it's funny because when you go to this fair and you met this guy that you have always met through emails and you right. been publishing you know, magazines of sports and
2: yeah,
1: all that sort of stuff and he was like oh you know what I got all the copies here grab your numbers oh
2: yeah cool and I was
1: like
0: fuck
2: because
1: <laughs> yeah. for me it was like okay I collaborated with these guys I really like them it's great I got the website and that was my collaboration with you guys for many years yeah and at some point then I saw that he was selling those magazines that he had this whole network of book related stuff and he started to tell me about printed matters and all the spaces in the US and I was like shit man. it's like it's a whole different yeah. game
2: you know
0: yeah but I you know in a weird way I think what you're doing with your workshop is is almost something that like I think people in the states could learn from like again like the because the, the classes with the down, the kids with Down syndrome happens in your workshop, correct? No, okay. no, no. It's oh, okay. it's two different spaces. Okay. Yeah.
1: The thing is, uh, the classes happen in a foundation, and okay. they had this huge complex that they've been uh, taking care of it for the past fifty-one years. Okay. So they had this huge uh, complex with uh, two printing presses, one lithographic press. And a huge painting uh, area oh, so wow. basically what i do is i teach prints but i'm I, like my way of teaching is le- teaching those kids or those uh, grown-ups because i also have grown-ups how i do my stuff you know so basically i'm doing stuff there mm. and then they replicate it and then they bring me their own stuff, like, like whatever's interested for them, like what we were talking about. Sure, yeah. The things that make yeah. us smile or make us laugh or yeah. makes make sense to our worlds or our minds. And it's funny because then you start to lose the idea of an art school for people with Down syndrome and it's more like a big atelier where you get to collaborate with other artists and they are like seeking their voices but you are learning you are learning more from them than when Mm -hmm. you are actually teaching them Yeah. so I don't know if that makes sense no it does make sense but it's hard because I got these guys that make this very complex and intrinsic I don't know how to put it in words but there's this guy that I've been trying to emulate his uh, goug, stroke, you know, like how they, they carve into line of cut. And for the past five years, I haven't been able to get near to what he's doing. Oh, wow. Like, I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Because he starts like, uh, like, like this, this, there's this very complex timing. So he's like suing the thing.
0: Uh, he kind of swings back and forth. But it's
1: super fine.
0: Yeah.
1: And the whole print, it's always, uh, he he doesn't have like straight lines. Mm. Every line he does, it's, oh, like okay. it's like sharpness, like like, okay. like like six eight. Yeah, yeah. That's hard. Like That's cool. if you try to do it, yeah. your gr- wrist is gonna end up like in fucking pain. Yeah, you know? yeah. So at some point, I-, I was like, I'm receiving more than I'm giving, you know. Mm-hmm. So then I started to try to do collaborations, and since the foundation has so many good contacts. We were able to reach out to Starbucks, <laughs> to Domino's Pizza, yeah, we've yeah. been working for Formula One, for the NBA recently, That's for um, Major League Baseball. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they just made the the, hum- the game in Mexico, like the regular season game in Mexico mm-hmm. with the Padres and the Giants. Yeah and we made some stuff for them so oh, they cool. embarrassed us to the game so like,
0: what, what kind of stuff did you do?
1: We made some commemorative line of Oh, cute, yeah So it's kind of funny because the thing that I was doing before I get to work there like before I have OMG Press now it's getting replicated by the foundation with yeah. my kids yeah. So at some point it's like I get to be in that spot but then uh, the artwork first started to happen so first we started to do like okay let's do one in the u.s okay let's do two yeah (laughs) okay now we're doing like three or four outside mexico you know and we started to get in touch with a lot of illustrators so at some point omg press became it's, it's a print shop, but it's also like a publishing house, sure. but it's also a distribution
2: yeah.
1: uh, sort of business. Yeah, it
0: seems like it's a more hybrid than like a traditional yeah. Traditional. And I think that's right? good because
1: we don't even have a physics space. Yeah. It's like my house.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But my house now has the things for my baby. So. Right, right. So my printing press, it's kept on, on the storage room now, so...
0: Yeah. So what's going on? But so you live? Do you live next to your studio? Do you live with your studio, or is your studio in a separate building?
1: I uh, I used to live. Well, I got an apartment of two floors. Yeah. And on the second floor, we got a beautiful terrace, and there's a very spacious room. Yes. And that room used to be my studio. Okay. But then my parents uh, lose their house. Like they were renting for. More than eight years in one spot, and the owner said, "Like, okay, you know what? We're not renewing the this thing. So I want the apartment back." So they searched for an apartment. Um, real estate thing in Mexico City is getting real crazy.
0: Because of, do you think that's because of gentrification? It's yeah. gentrification
1: all along, and also
0: is it all the Ringo's fault?
1: No, we also fucked this thing up. Okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no like, or, <laughs> yeah. we were fucking this thing up even before you came okay. here. <laughs> now we're just saying, like, oh, it's your stuff. But the thing is, uh, the minimum wage is very bad. Mm. The job opportunities are not that. Even, I mean, for the cultural uh, part of it. Sure. Like, many of my artist friends are struggling. Like, they keep struggling. And at some point, I was like, okay. Now I'm a teacher at this foundation. I get this uh, like mm, stability. Yeah, that yeah. even makes sense. And then uh, my wife and I get married. Since she's into finance, she was like, "Okay, you know what? Let's do these tricks. Let's try to establish a schedule. Let's try to be more coordinated in how we're selling. How she, she even started to." What's your wife's name, by
0: the way? Miriam. Miriam. Shout out to Miriam. Shout out to Miriam. (laughs) Miriam what? For being here for this long. (laughs) Uh, What's her last name? What's her surname? Miriam Ruiz. Miriam Ruiz. 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 It's like Ruiz. Miriam Ruiz. And she's half of OMG, right? She's
1: 90% of OMG, you know? Like, I just do the print, she does all the other stuff. (laughs) And the good thing is, like, at some point she was like, you know what? You are wasting so much energy doing... This thing, this other thing, this blah, blah, blah. And she was like, why don't we make a schedule? We try to, if we're going to New York, let's focus on New York. Like, what's her audience there? What can we sell there? What's your best selling prints every time you go there? So she started to point out a lot of things that I was missing.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we ended up having like, oh, you know what? We might actually get a shot at this. Like, Like, this thing, like we were saying, like, it started to work on its own and we make the Brooklyn Book Fair, well we did going back to 2019 the Maco thing with PJ yeah. and then he introduced me to the Mexican people from Maco. Mm-hmm. but now they were aware of me because I was a friend of the U.S. publisher right, you know right, so that right. that really played very well for us mm. and then he invited us to the the Brooklyn Book Fair uh, my luggage was amazing
0: right I remember, you remember that was I, I think I did a table that year yeah there. and I just had
1: like a other little briefcase with a couple of Yeah, and I saw all of those yeah, of course you did yeah. and then it was like okay you know what maybe my audience is in the US but then since I don't need to live from that for I can prepare myself with my other job yeah like, yeah like my job and my wife's job pays for the living for and your expenses life. and everything yeah, yeah. so when we do anything with OMG we're always doing it because we love to do it Yeah, yeah. and I mean it it maybe sounds corny but I think when you go back to that state of living like if that's like a like a motto or like a like a motive for you in life things are gonna be better you know I think
0: so too I think where it gets tough and like you were saying before like starting OMG at the same time that you were starting a job like that always tends to happen to me where i i'll be in these transitional periods where i'm like i don't know if i should you know i'll just be looking for work and then i'll be like oh you know what maybe like maybe a job isn't what i need and i need to just like be creative and start another platform or something like that they always tend to happen at the same time yeah and at the
1: same time you are always like anxious you know like cuz it's like okay this this thing might be good for me but then you're like no, no no but I want to stick to the drink. Yeah. But then you're like no no but you know what why what this uh, doesn't happen the way I, I see it and then you're like but maybe I will lose this thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to have a third one. Right, right. And right, it's right. always like a, this anxiety of it's trying a, to it's the survival get mode. Yeah, it's like mode. Yeah, exactly.
0: So here's a question for you. So we're talking about like the artist community in Mexico City and it seems to me like at least within, like, the art scene here, like the kind of more established visual art scene, that there's still this connection with, like, cities like New York and L.A. or or international institutions. Do you think that is more of, like, a market thing? Like, people want to go show in these places just because sales might be easier? Or do you think it's more um, just because of proximity, like, we're in the same hemisphere...
2: Um, I think th-
1: that yeah. maybe used to be the case like for the past decade yeah. but now since we have all this social media stuff and we have grown so much as a country as a and as our art scene has become stronger
2: yeah
1: I think that now uh, we all, we also have I don't know if you ha- heard of it but we got in February this art week
2: oh, yeah, thing, yeah, that that right.
1: is when macro happens yeah. And we also have this material art fair oh, yes, happening, uh, yeah,
0: material art fair. and now there's
1: another one called Bada. Yeah, that it's funded by a uh, Mexican bank. Okay, and it happens real near the other ones. Mm. So now you have like this week full of shows, and you got these collectors coming over and yeah. directors of museums, and it's getting crazy, you know? Because yeah, yeah. even for Mexicans, it's like I can only do one show. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I can only do one thing. It's like <laughs> There are so many things open. Yeah. The Did, alternative fairs. Do those
0: fairs tend to be good selling opportunities? to a lot of collectors come? Or at least that's what they put on their numbers. Say. You know, yeah. like
1: I, I've never been able to actually uh, testify. But at least for me, it's market great. Yeah. But here's a catch. Tell me. Within on the books uh, section. So, what I do is, uh, we sell our, our fanzines or, or art books, like this weird sort of hybrid with, between chapbooks or art books, photo books, that kind of stuff. But I also rally a couple of months earlier or, or before it. And I start asking a lot of my friends to give me their books. Yeah?
0: Oh, yeah. So you kind of share
2: space. Yeah so,
1: yeah, so at the time I'm there, it's the name of one GPS on the table. But we get books from a lot of Mexican artists, yeah, yeah. so our, uh, we are like helping in a way uh, to reach audiences that maybe many of our artist friends will never be able to.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. at at the at the marketing level, it's expensive to be in the ferry, no?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Like it's not as expensive as if I was uh, renting a gallery space. Sure. But it's expensive nevertheless. So you need to pay people to be there because it's a five-day show. Mm. But you are also tabling in another two fairs. Yeah. And sometimes you got a NARTOC.
0: Yeah. And now I, I got a daughter. Yeah. Sometimes I think these fairs are... I think the people who who benefit the most are the fairs themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Not the te- not not even the galleries or the... Here in Mexico's very funny, because for Maco, there's a grant that is given only to the major galleries from Mexico okay. to actually pay for their booths at the fair. Oh
0: shit.
1: So it's crazy. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. It's like and the and the and the grant it's given by the government.
0: Yeah. I was gonna ask you about that. Like what what does funding look like here? How do people support their projects? It's crazy. <laughs> no but crazy in a good way. Like, yeah.
1: Like there are millions of grants and uh, programs on Exchanges, yeah. scholarships. Does a lot of it come from
0: the government. Yeah, the ministry is it the Ministry of Culture.
1: It's the Ministry of Culture, but there's also like private funding that cooperates with the government. Okay, cool. Yeah. So at some point, uh, it's like a, like once you belong to or like, uh, I'm sorry, once you get one. Like you get one government funding, yeah. It's probably like you get the other one, sure, and another one, and yeah. another one, because the system works that way, you know.
0: Yeah. So I think it's about building trust, because actually, having now worked a little bit on the inside of like grants, institutions, you know, it's like especially with grants, um, I think, and I don't know if I love or like thinking about like Arts Council England, like everyone always puts it this way that it's about like. When you apply to something, it's about um, building a trust with the funder that, like, you are going to literally say what you're going to do with yeah. the money, right? Um, and so then once once they, you know, once that's on your CV and once that's on your record that you've received from all these other places, um, then that tends to help the process. Yeah, it's like a uh, yeah. domino effect. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like if you
1: gave me a grant and I fulfill it. With excellence, so it's great, and you are happy. Yeah. It's probably uh, sure thing that if I ask for a word from you to put up another grant, you oh, can yeah. do it, and that that's how we build, like you were saying, like build trust. Yeah. But the other thing is, here you can have grants, even when you are like still at the art school, you know. Okay. So it happened for me. Uh, like uh, my first uh, grant was. Uh, Like probably 12 years ago. Oh wow, yeah. So I was still at the art school. Which art school did you go to? Esmeralda, it's called. Esmeralda Esmeralda. is like the national school of painting and printmaking. And
0: that's in Mexico City. Yeah, Yeah. and and, and
1: it's in a complex uh, that they built in 94 Hmm. for trying to gather all the arts in one place. So in the same complex, you have like a cinema, you got the music school, the superior music school the theatrical the performing art school the um, they were like f- uh, the, the cinema school also okay, yeah, the visual yeah, art yeah. school and they were all built by different renowned architects from oh, that time oh, so oh, it was cool. like this huge pharaonic complex thing, yeah from that president you know? yeah, yeah, yeah so the thing is uh, that system uh, like grew bigger and bigger because uh, you do it do it okay. at the same time <laughs> Donuts are yeah, so good. at the same time uh, they built this thing called Fonca, FONCA, which is Programa de Jovenes Creadores, like, like Young Creators mm. Program. Okay, cool. So basically, once you get 18 years old, you can apply to a grant. And uh, from uh, the age of 18 till you reach 35, you can be awarded with that grant four times in oh, your amazing. life. amazing. But once you uh, reach 35, now you can be in the Sistema Nacional de Creadores, like the National creator system mm. and then you get a grant for two years for triple or twice the money that you were earning before wow. so I met a lot of artists that had it once then you had it that one year then you got to skip a year yeah. and then you can apply another time
0: yeah so, so for Los Jovenes that yeah. one were you able to um, was, did you get it multiple times or I got it one time okay but it was basically your first kind of like Portfolio review award thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in printmaking. Yeah, that's great.
1: And that thing got me to know you in New York. Oh, uh, oh cool. Affordable
0: art. Oh, so that brought you to yeah. Affordable Art Fair. That's still, yeah, it's such... Sometimes sometimes you're like, yeah, life doesn't really work the way you I think it does. And sometimes it like it does, you know. Uh, but... I so think sometimes
1: what weird. you need to do yeah, is just be, be humble with you humble. with what you are g- taking, like yeah. or what you are given, and sometimes you just like need to stick to the things that make you happy. You know, like yeah. I keep saying it now because probably now it makes more sense that I'm a father.
0: Mm. Yeah, I want to hear about like yeah. So so you have a how a kid. Your, how your Mia kid? is one year and a half. Okay, wow. Because so I think the last time I saw you, you were just about to get married. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that's cute. So a lot has happened. A yeah, <laughs> a lot has happened. That's great. And oh. the thing
1: is, now that I have a kid, everything falls into another perspective. You know, like like time. Yeah. Time is priceless. It's like, uh, I need to work from eight to three, but once I ring the three o'clock thing, it's like the whole day is for my daughter. You know.
2: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: And then that sort of started to give me other thoughts about my bar practice. Like, sometimes we delay things so much. Like, no, 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 I need to process the things, and I need to work on this thing a little more. And it's like, dude.
0: You don't have time for that shit. And,
1: and you're spending a lot of time that you can actually be doing it like, for other stuff, right, you know, right, like, Yeah. And then parenthood hit, and it was like... At some point, I think I get a correlation with being a parent, with being a professor, like teaching art or, I don't know, doing art or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: And life itself just starts to get in new places. Like,
2: yeah.
1: I've never dreamed to be in a printed matter art book fair, being a dad, taking my baby born to L.A. Yeah. and be tabling in... The Gaffin wow. Center with my baby over, you know.
0: That's pretty great.
1: And then my baby fell asleep for five hours. <laughs> so she let me do the business. Yeah. And then she woke up the moment we closed the curtain. She's like, "Daddy's got to sell yeah, some she books." Yeah. Like, okay.
2: Let's do it. Let's do this thing.
1: I love to pick with the hobos outside.
0: <laughs> with the hobos. I don't want to
1: do <laughs> have to do anything with the <laughs> art-related stuff, no.
0: Yeah.
1: And and then at the same point, I was like. If you go back 10 years now, it's like, we just met in a random, very small art show, yeah. down in, the, what was it, Chelsea? It yeah, wasn't Chelsea, the tunnel it was, in
0: Chelsea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chelsea. It's Such a weird space. And then,
1: <laughs> so much has happened ever, yeah. ever since. Huh? And like, now we're at this coffee spot in Mexico, I know. <laughs> making an interview. Well,
0: well, that's why, you know, I definitely, I had to reach out too, because it's like, yeah, thinking about showing those prints at recession art, and... You know, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about like mentors, and um, you know, also just thinking about like how much I grew, even in recession art, and like like kind of like Emma's mentorship um, back then. we thinking like recession art, endless editions, tabling together during my fully booked era, and it's kind of like you know, I tend to gravitate towards I. I I also think like kind of success in the art world is just kind of like never going away, like that's yeah. the key to it. Just like don't stop, yeah, and like still be there. It's like a marathon, you know? you. Yeah, like, it is like running. a marathon. It's know? like
1: maybe you are not running hard enough, yeah, but just keep pushing one leg yeah, to the exactly. other. Yeah,
0: exactly. Sometimes you gotta go a little bit slower. Yeah. It might you take run. you
1: five years more. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes things it, happen it, like real.
0: Yeah. Fast, but you used to do a lot of running, right? I still do. Try yeah, to. Yeah. Like
1: now that I'm a parent, it's a little harder. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But we even got a treadmill, so we okay, tried to cool. do it. Like.
0: Did you ever do the New York Marathon?
1: No, and it's no. a very funny story because I applied for the lottery on the 2021.
0: Okay. Oh, because you have to. Like you need Lisa. to apply. Oh, okay. For the and you don't automatically get in. I, I get in. Yeah.
1: And COVID happened. Oh fuck. So I paid my ticket. I booked my flight. I had the hotel. Yeah. I was going to propose to my wife after we run it together because the oh, two of us were in dude, together. We so it. I had the ring.
0: That's fucking. They
1: canceled the race. They were starting to say these things about COVID yeah. back in Macron 2020 because we met a lot but of friends. Of February, right? Yeah, because yeah, right. we we met a lot of people from the U.S. We met these amazing guys from uh, Atelier Editions yes. in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah, Pascal and Kenny. They are one of our closest friends now. Okay, great. Uh, and we were like speaking with a lot of people there, and there's there was this like. Weird, uh, phantasmagoric thing starting to ruin in the chit chats. Like, no, you know what? Don't go to LA, cause uh, like the next week was the LA show, the, right, right. the LA, like the Art LA yeah. or something.
0: Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They and many, a big art fair there. and yeah. many
1: galleries were like, you know what? I'm not so sure. Have you heard about the thing in China? Yeah, yeah. I'm very afraid. Blah blah blah. And we were like. What's going on?
0: It's funny thinking back to that time, right? Because yeah, I was planning on going to Melbourne because we we had gotten uh, funding from uh, these the a couple people in Australia to go to the Melbourne Art Book Fair. That would be super cool. It would be super cool, right? I was like, when am I going to get funding to go to Australia? But um, but yeah, I remember it was like people were coming back from like there were like certain fashion weeks in certain places some right. gossip started to flow, right, exactly. you know? Like, yeah. what's going on? Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember
1: this guy, a very, very weird guy from, from New York. And he was like, no, you know what? They're going to keep us looking. We're going to be fucked up for for years. Yeah. But he wasn't selling any books. so we were like, you're we just having a bad week.
0: Yeah, you're just freaking out.
1: I just have a tequila. And
0: <laughs> shut up. Uh, shut
1: up, you know? <laughs> and then we were about to go to New York. This was... Probably on the 17th of March Yeah Or 20
0: Oh, so, yeah Because it wasn't like March 20th Like right Yeah, ago. I
1: believe t- Or 23rd it's Something like, like that it really fucking broke. So I just remember that we arrived We just got cancelled from the marathon Yeah The half marathon And my wife told me like You know what? We got the planes We got the hotel Let's go Let's run for ourselves
2: Yeah, yeah
1: Let's go and see your friends Sure Let's see my cousin Paco
0: yeah, even if grade. the even if the marathon doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, we were like, okay, for the first time, because it's it's another funny story. I've been in New York now for eight times. Yeah. And I've never entered to the MoMA.
0: You've never been in MoMA.
1: No, because I always go to work.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So <laughs> it has become now a thing of my character. You know, You're never like, gonna go. <laughs> I will never
0: go. But you should be in the collection of MoMA. I think you are in the collection of MoMA.
1: Yeah, because of you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but,
1: well, the thing is, we arrived during the 2020,
2: yeah,
1: and we were like, okay, you know what? It's Thursday, 24, say something of like March. Okay, tomorrow we're going to the mama. Okay, yeah, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Then at night we start watching the news, and they start Fox News. What a fucking yeah, what a shit disaster! Show. And they were like, our
0: enemy, the communist from yeah, China. Our, it's, yeah, the China. The who from yeah. China?
1: And we were like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, okay, mama's closed. Okay, Goodyham is closed, okay, stores are closed, okay, people running on streets with toilet paper. Yeah. So we spent the whole weekend in New York.
0: Oh, during when it was locking down? Yeah, but empty. empty. Could you, because at that point what was getting scary was getting out of places. So my girlfriend at the time... She was actually in London. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, and it was like, oh my God, is she going to be able to like literally travel? Um, So that's what I would have been...
1: We were scared because we were flying on Sunday back to Mexico. And at some point, uh, one of Miriam's uh, cousins came from Pittsburgh just to see us. And she was like, you know what? This thing is going to be messy. Why don't you come back to Pittsburgh? I mean, like like she was like... I can almost guarantee you that this thing is gonna be a, a huge thing for months yeah why don't you stay at my house like you are already here like yeah yeah nice have a little vacation and for a moment we were like you know we got a life already you know like yeah, we were yeah. starting our jobs we were like sure,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. so we came back but the thing is uh, for the, for us that 2020 yeah, exactly. we got like the yeah. best pictures of an empty New York City, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that was amazing. I mean,
1: I got like five or ten shots of Times Square without, not even a soul. Yeah. Like empty.
0: Annie and I walked through Times Square and did the same thing. It was crazy. It
1: was like a, I mean, I didn't know the the importance of what I was capturing over there at that moment, but then it's like, man, it, it was like...
2: No, it's the
1: center of the fucking universe and it's empty
2: <laughs> yeah
0: what was really then what was really interesting and I, and I wonder what it was like here because Black Lives Matter happens like a couple months later yeah or like not even it was like two months later no, there, yeah and so you still have this empty Manhattan but then all of the empty shops get like boarded up and what was crazy too was that like and this is where I'm like, capitalism is relentless. Like the Louis Vuitton store had like a color-coordinated Louis Vuitton.
1: With Black Panther and stuff, right? Like, no, it didn't even have uh, the Black Panther stuff, right.
0: but it had like their logo on the boarded up so that people wouldn't so that people wouldn't break the glass. Because there was, uh, there was yeah, one night yeah. where there yeah. were a lot of protests where people were like... Like rioting, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it... If I don't like to call it dry
1: right, though. Yeah, too.
0: well, it, it was just there was a couple of cop cars that. Well, were I'm quoting Fox News now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Fox, um, there were a couple of cop cars that were burned. There were a couple stores that were like broken into. People were just fucking angry, you know. Um, did protests happen at all in Mexico City during that time? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things happened. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. we still have a very hard issue with. Uh, People murdering women.
0: okay, yeah, yeah. Like the... Fe- Feminic- like the... Feminicide. Yeah, fe- yeah. I don't know. Feminicide. The, yeah, feminicide, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's a very, very hard, non-resolved problem yeah, yeah. that we've been carrying for years and years and years. And at some point... No, uh, well, the pandemic just fucked everyone's mind yeah. in some ways. And imagine the the women that have problems at their houses now; they have to be with their abusive abusive uh, right. partners. That was actually a big conversation. Of it was fucked up in Mexico because yeah, yeah, yeah. the numbers spiked. Then we had a lot of people that lose their jobs. I mean, we didn't we didn't have the Things that you had, like your stimulus checks, right. the right. the support of the government, here was more like maybe next week you're gonna lose your job. Right. I mean, I didn't lose mine because the foundation. We get gathered together, and all the professors were like, "Okay, you know what? Let's try to turn this thing into a online course thing." So, so did you teach? Yeah, for two years I was. Uh, doing uh, drawing classes yeah. via Zoom for three hours a day wow. from yeah. Monday to Friday do you feel like
0: that works like yeah
1: a lot because yeah. we used to have like this uh, sort of idea of what we were achieving with our students within representation and how they work with materials and the like the the limits they had with drawing and representation yeah And at some point, the only thing we had was a screen and the will to do it. And they fulfilled thousands of of sketchbooks. Oh, wow. So by the time we get together in person again in 2021 or 2022, I guess, 2022, they were coming home, they were going to the foundation from their houses with boxes full of sketchbooks. Like, imagine having for... I have like 40 kids, 40 people, sorry, uh, and imagine having like 20 or 30 sketchbooks from each one of those. Wow. Full. like yeah, yeah. Full of drawings. So they were doing a lot of stuff, and since I was sketching a lot, because I wasn't able to print,
0: yeah.
1: we started like, uh, like collaborating in another level, and that's when Sarah also sparked in, mm-hmm. and I started to do a lot of research because they were my neighbors yeah, yeah. so I used to send some files they print the files yeah. I get the yeah. reso. slowly we start doing like this virtual uh, we did the Vancouver Art Book Fair oh,
2: yeah. the
1: virtual one
2: yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I believe we did too there like 2020 the virtual yeah and then yeah. we start like uh, doing a YouTube channel and presenting the books that we were oh, doing cool, yeah. and we were like doing Twitch.
0: That's, I like that too actually. Twitch is, is, Twitch a, is great. a cool idea. Because I actually think like so What you know one term I'll, I'll throw out for like thinking about your work is kind of like accessibility. Yeah. And I think that works on multiple levels. It's like accessibility of kind of the content that you work with. Yeah. Right. So even starting with um, kind of like stuff that you watched as a kid on public access TV, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> right? And, and sports, which is kind of like, which is a cultural phenomenon that kind of, like, 90% of people in the world can connect, even if they are completely opposite people on, like, sports, right?
1: And even if we don't speak the same language, you know? Yeah, like right. Uh, for now, for instance, LeBron is LeBron here. Yeah. In LA, in New York, and in Kuwait. Toros del Mundo, LeBron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or Messi, yeah. or sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever star you can name now. And and the thing is, I believe art at some point started to change with the pandemic because we also started to connect more with. I mean, it's like a hard stuff because it's for me it's been like a love hate story with social media because. Yeah. At some point, I be, I'm very happy to live in this era because I have a lot of friends. You know those friends yeah. that we can connect and I feel very close to them Yeah. because we keep seeing each other via social media. We even do stuff and via mail or whatever. And then TikTok happened and I started to learn a lot of stuff from art that I never learned from my art teachers, and I was doing it in 15 seconds, sure. you know? It, it was like the Warhol formula with, with steroids yeah. and cocaine. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, everything was like, oh, you want to yeah. learn painting?
0: On- online instruction is insane. Yeah, I actually, I, I haven't done any of the lessons, but I started looking at um, at online painting courses recently, and it's insane. You know, I've also taught myself like everything about um, everything about audio production. Like I just learned from my mom.
1: See? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean I started to watch Twitch streamers and I was like what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, you know what? I wanna learn how to do a stream. Yeah. And I just put like how to stream on YouTube? Yeah. And there was this guy making a video of three hours, one or what. And I downloaded my OBS, I sold my old uh, iMac computer, I bought an ASUS or an MSI uh, gaming machine. Yeah. And I started to do some programming and I learned to connect audio, make transitions, you know, like, I upgraded my internet connection, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, for I believe like a year or so, I started the thing with a couple of friends here in Mexico. From uh, they were trying to make a esports franchise, yeah. so I got the role to broadcast on Tuesdays, and I started a thing called Pocket Tuesdays. So I was speaking for four hours about Pokemon stuff. Uh, Like, just Pokemon, you know? Like, whatever Pokemon shit was going on, I was like uh, breaking packs and then uh, all that away from the US happened that they were breaking into stores to to steal cards and they were selling it.
0: Pokemon's like still really big here, right? Yeah, uh, Yeah. uh,
1: like a huge thing.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: And then I started to do video games and then I was like I don't know how I get into it, but I started to watch people doing printmaking on Twitch.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was like, I have found my pinnacle in life. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're like, like this is Like, much. this is the thing, but <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yeah, like, this is just where
0: the universe collapses. Collapse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like,
1: okay, I'm going to turn the computer off. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. And
1: actually do a print, you
2: know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Because it was funny, because at some point, everyone was all of the sudden uh, going back to crafts
2: and, yeah, and yeah, thing,
1: yeah, yeah. and it was like okay it's good but like the learning curve yeah. just got shorter and I don't know if that's necessarily good in every craft
0: sure sure because yeah, yeah, yeah. for
1: many people it was like ah okay I, I won't be able to do it like fast and and hard and good okay I will just toss it away in a month right. and it's like uh, yeah it took me more than eight years to actually like kind of start to do some decent prints so
0: for it to start to look good yeah
1: yeah and, and I think that the culture now it's more like if you don't get what you want now or in the next 15 seconds yeah I'm not interested anymore right right and I believe that sort of has uh blend into the art uh, community I don't know if in every place but now you go to the big uh, shows and it's more about having great Instagramable art right
0: right I
1: know, uh, everything in art Miami it's what's instagrammable sure. right? like yeah well, Like a lot
0: of these art fairs are more about marketing. marketing
1: exactly yeah. and then it's going back to the first question like do they make money
2: yeah do I galleries
1: benefit for those
0: See, I think if you're, if you're a gallery that has figured out a way to sustain your business, I think the budget that you spend on going to our Basel Miami or Zona Monco or I mean, I mean, I haven't been to Zona Monaco, so I don't want to. Come over, come like, uh, over. I definitely want to come. I don't want to say anything bad about it. The and but the the cynical statement I'm trying to make here, it's a little cynical, but it's like I think the budget for those things. It's like your marketing budget. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. So if you if you if you plan out your year and you have your sales or you have your sponsorship or your grants or whatever, it's like, and then you have this put aside for marketing. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah, yeah, you can pay a third, uh, yeah. or maybe three thirds. Some so. people, like I know in New York, when uh, when Robert Blackburn does uh, is able to sell prints at like the Armory Show. They literally take like a shopping cart, like <laughs> just like, yeah, a couple yeah. blocks down the road and it's a great it's actually a good sales opportunity for them. But I think for like what I was saying before, like with with artists in Mexico City having a connection to New York, there's also I think this reciprocal now where I think if you're in a in a major art hub like and Mexico City is a major art. Right? yeah it's so it's like it's you establishing you have to kind of now have a presence like you have to be going to Zonamaco you have to be g- coming to some of these art events you here. need to go to
1: LA uh, it, like it's a I will almost trace it like a, like a triangle you know like yeah. if you go like a major fair in Mexico it's almost certain that you need to do a major or one event in LA
2: yeah
1: and you need to have something in here, yeah, yeah, yeah. like in order to actually, like, like build trust. For the third time, you go back to Mexico. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Right
1: like right. It, it happened for us. Like we were doing Zona because we did Brooklyn Art before, mm-hmm.
0: and then and that built the momentum together. Exactly,
1: and and now we've been doing Zona for three years. Once now. you get
0: into Zona Marco, though, you can go fucking. Okay.
1: Well, and the good thing is that <laughs> we are on the books area. Yeah. So we sell books, but we also put like a little storage box,
0: like one yeah. of those that you can. Like buy. a portfolio shell <laughs> box. No, no, no. Yeah.
1: One of those that you uh, might, might see at a Target.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah in
2: yeah. order
1: to storage blankets or towels, yeah, 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 like yeah. those that fold over. Yeah.
2: Oh, I know the ones. You know the ones, ones. Yeah.
1: like with cloth.
2: Yeah.
1: And we put two of those. Full of prints,
0: yeah,
1: with prices stamp on it. Yeah, so people go, swing by take the books, and then it's like, oh, what's he, what's he, what's he here? Yeah. Oh, prints for a bunch of different artists.
0: We used to do that at the at the Zine Tent too. We actually got one of those yeah, things, the big ones. Yeah, and we would do the um, yeah, people could flip through,
1: and, and the thing is, we start sell like a lot. Yeah, like, yeah, l- l- like it's crazy. Like for us now, it's like. If we do a, gr- a good San Amaco, we are able to save some money, do some s- movement, Right, invest it back in. And then uh, what, what we did from San Amaco 2020 yeah. helped us to go to New York on the vacation with COVID. Okay. And then we save some money from that, and then we make like this, there's this convention called uh, La Mole. So we did that thing for 2021 with the remaining mon- mon- money from uh, Mako. So at some point, when you start tracing our, our money, like like how we d- did it,
2: yeah,
1: we haven't been putting new money on it.
0: It's just been kind of like going over. No, yeah, see, that's where Miriam comes in. Yeah, that's where Miriam
1: fixed everything. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, what she said it was like it can us cost us more each and every venue you know like yeah. for for at, at some point we were like okay we went to this fair and we were drinking taking movers, going out every night yeah, yeah, yeah. spending a lot of cash uh, framing a lot of work that we did not sell. yeah or shipping or shipping and all that stuff and then what she did was like okay we got these things we got these other stuff okay we're gonna uh, arrange everything to, uh, like, uh, she's always saying, "economia uh, materialis," mm-hmm. like uh, some sort of uh, like one-on-one economics for artists. Uh, I yeah. would try yeah. to put like, like that. It's just like, okay, if we don't have a huge camera to do all the um, photos for the artworks, why don't we use the scanner? Why don't right. we only? print in scanner size so we can have like A4, A5, A3. Yeah, don't
0: be, pr- uh, don't be producing something. It's almost like your means will shape what you make, right? right exactly. But that's very printmaker too, right? Print yeah, you make. got a it's sheet like of paper and you yeah. start
1: to fold it and fold, and fold yeah, it. Yeah, it. Yeah, be like,
0: oh, I could make nine prints. Exactly. I only have this much ink, right?
1: And uh, I have been doing that for so much, so long that I haven't even realized it, like, like through, you know? Yeah. And she was like, it's it's there. Like, yeah, just yeah, yeah. connect the dots. Like, put the effort you need to put on small things and let them grow, you know? It's
0: amazing. It, it's almost like yeah. she's
1: my mindfulness coach. Yeah. You know?
0: She's your guru. She's your guru. She's my guru, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. What's, ha- what's up next, like what's in the future of OMG? Are you working on anything that you're excited about? Well, what do you have coming up?
1: Well, maybe we are discussing the idea of opening like a kids related art book, art thing slash something that might be able to give us time to be with our kid. Mm. and at the same time do stuff for kids
0: for other children yeah
1: yeah because yeah, at, at Sonamaco and some uh, of the recent fairs we've been selling only to children interesting so my prints now get more impact on young audiences yeah or people our age right but right. on who big collectors who are know. feeling nostalgia but sometimes the oh. big collector doesn't want my work but their kids do
0: yeah interesting
1: and they buy it and then they come back to the next year in San Marco? Yeah. And they buy another print.
0: You know, actually, so what's funny is the, the fair that we met at, there was a mom walking around with her, her daughter. And I remember Emma and I were laughing our asses off at this because we overheard this mom saying to this kid, okay, you can remember, you could buy one thing at this fair. You just one, right? Yeah? Right? Like teaching uh this kid to be a collector yeah like as they're walking by our booth and this kid looks at some work off in the distance and she goes ew and the mom's like remember we don't say ew we say that's not my favorite it was always like she was (laughs) was like how to be polite to the art world she was teaching her kid from a very young age like how to be like art world
1: well, the thing is, <laughs> if you think of it, we are immersed in that world yeah. at some point right. that we don't even notice that it's a very small world.
2: Right,
0: right. That's and true.
1: that's what we've been trying to accomplish now. Like Now we get in touch with other artists or other creatives or other financial parents. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, I think that it's happening now that our friends from Atelier... Yeah. Now build a brand for kids.
2: Oh, cool! Because they also have a kid. Yeah. And
1: now they have a second kid coming. Yeah. So at some point it's like, if I am having a child, maybe I want to do cool stuff for her, you know? Yeah. And that's driving me crazy for the past two but years. I think
0: this is where also like that next level of accessibility comes in. So it's not just the content that you're making; it's also kind of like the the format of the of your projects yeah right it's so it's like thinking about children it's thinking about um you know people with disabilities um and and i think what you're doing with your work like i spoke to someone else recently about kind of like it's all about just lifting barriers yeah right like so accessibility is just about lifting those barriers like you know what I mean? And yeah, I like trying that to make it easier for others. Yeah,
1: because you know? imagine what will happen if my kid can access to queer art. Yeah, without the uh, all those uh, preconceived judgment, judgmental ideas mm. from other times or from other contexts. Sure, sure. And maybe she'll just see like queer is just another part of our world. You know, another right, part right. of our lives that we sure. can explore queerness. Yeah. Uh, even if we're very little or we're very old or we're we're a disabled uh, condition or if we got some sort of mental illness or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think that now we try to aspire to do a project that also maybe in a long future give opportunities to others but in terms of, of job or like building a network, you know? These this guys from Sara, our friends yeah. from Rizzo, uh, he always says that uh, printing is sharing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and I believe that's such a strong word. Like, like that's mm-hmm. what you do when you start uh, learning printmaking, you never do it on your own. Yeah. There's right. always someone helping, uh, giving you a hand with the paper or with the ink, or yeah, yeah. helping you with the press, or maybe, yeah. uh, help you with the fuck-ups on the prints or sure and uh, if
0: you're a selfish printmaker no one's going to come and help
2: you
1: and you're going to die alone like yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like it's not the way
0: that the, the yeah, business yeah. happens
1: yeah. you know and that that's a very beautiful thing because if you compare it with other art practices that are more uh, of a solo standalone kind of things
2: yeah
1: it's like I believe that's why more and more uh, people are uh, drawing attention towards being sort of here in Mexico now there's this hybrid uh, designer slash artist slash commission artist slash marketing uh, entrepreneur yeah. social media yeah glo- geek.
0: yeah gl- global global thing it yeah, that
1: yeah. it's crazy you know
0: do you want to plug anything else for OMG press? No, just <laughs> like, nope. say
1: say like <laughs> say thanks to everyone that's been involved in these five years. Like yeah. to you, uh, to um, our dear PJ. The, you're the talent. To all the people that it's been buying our stuff for all these years, yeah. for all the people that we're gonna meet in the future. I believe it's like I I will love to hear this in five years and say like you know what. <laughs>
0: That, workshop, that happened. workshop
1: happened. Yeah, that exactly. Happened. Yeah, or yeah, or yeah, totally. any other ideas. I mean, at some point it's just being happy, you know, like like trying to be true to your the things that makes you wake up in the morning. I mean, now I have my wife and my kid, and that's what makes me wake up in the morning. Yeah. But sometimes I remember my Oakland Raiders and my New York Mets, and right. that always. Well, the Raiders don't make me smile anymore. <laughs> the Mets either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like of the
0: culture <laughs> about it. But they keep you going. Yeah, th- yeah and that's
1: right? an important thing. I believe also for new artists, it's like stick to something that you love and keep trying. It's like... It's like a marathon. Yeah. Like
0: Yeah. It's like the you're system. gonna
1: run, you're gonna cry, and yeah. then you're gonna feel super uplifted. I Maybe
0: mean, I'll start running. I think he inspired me to start running. It's
1: it's crazy because at some point it's like a it's like a living metaphor of many stuff yeah, that you yeah. already experienced or lived, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, like overcoming running. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The say the, sa- the sole idea of, of running, it's amazing. There's this book. By uh, Murakami, mm. that it's called what I talk, what I talk about running or
0: something. Okay, oh,
1: yeah. and it's his journey about becoming a writer, but being a runner at the same time. Mm. And he talks about uh, his trainings for the Boston Marathon and other stuff, and how running, when you take away the running uh, word from it, and you describe the experience, you can put. Being a architect, blah, being an uh, uh, airport, c- air controller, being yeah. an artist, being a writer. And it gives you so much uh, ideas of what happens once you are with your own and moving one step in front of the other and mm. trying to reach a point, you know, like it's from A to B, like Warhol said it, like from A to B, that was his philosophy,
2: no? mm, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And it's like all connected, like uh, like it's a very beautiful metaphor because your legs are going to take you places, like actually get you places. And if you uh, establish that metaphor as your work ethic for art practice, it's like, then you don't have that much fuck-ups. Those fuck-ups are just a bad day that will eventually yeah. be a good day in the future, right, you know? Right. It's a good way of thinking
0: about it, man. It doesn't
1: happen all the time. <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes you cry, but yeah. I mean, it is what it is.
0: Well, good to see you, pal. Have fun at Lucha Libre. Yeah, thanks so
2: much.
0: Manu Prince what a guy. Loved hanging out with Manu. And in case you're curious, I did have a good time at Lucha Libre that night thinking about going back to Mexico City for Zona Maco. I don't know. If you're listening, you might need a little sponsorship to get there. If you're enjoying Into the Paint, be sure to share this podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to give us a follow on Instagram. That's intothepaint underscore podcast, I think. I hope so. Anyway, I'm going to play you out with a little broken sitar that I found at a friend's place. My host's place in Mexico City. Here you go.